Hello there. My name is Renee Safier. I'm here with my music partner, Andy Hill. And we're the producers of Dylan Fest, held the first Sunday in May in Southern California. We'd like to welcome you to the 20th installment of Talkin' Bob Dylan, which is entitled, May I See Your References, Part 4, Historical Figures. In our third segment, we concentrated on some of the musical performers Dylan has named in his songs. We talked about Cisco and Sonny, Lead Belly and Bo Diddley, Elvis, Neil Young, Alicia Keys, Ma Rainey, Woody Guthrie, and we had an honorable mention going to Bruce Springsteen. Today we're going to look at some of the non-musical historical people Dylan has featured in his songwriting. Dylan pulls references to real people from all facets of life. Sports figures, Catfish Hunter, Davy Moore, Reggie Jackson, politicians, Fidel Castro, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, JFK, novelists and poets, James Joyce, Rambeau, Verlaine, royalty, Prince Philip, Genghis Khan, entertainers, Gregory Peck, Sophia Loren, philosophers, the Buddha, Karl Marx, Nietzsche, and criminals, Jesse James, Robert Ford, and Joey Gallo. In Chronicles, Volume 1, Dylan writes, Creativity has much to do with experience, observation, and imagination. And if any one of those key elements is missing, it doesn't work. Bob Dylan wasn't born an idol. His legacy was a result of an interaction with his surroundings. Like all of us, Dylan has been affected by various historical events, such as the aftershocks of the World Wars, the prominence of television and radio in society, Kennedy's assassination, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and the Civil Rights Movement. It was these changes in society that influenced Dylan to write music that would in turn evoke changes within the society itself. When Dylan was embarking on his recording career, front and center on the national stage was the Civil Rights Movement. The influence of Woody Guthrie and the folk scene helped focus much of his work on the people directly affected by the changing landscape of the racial power structure. The integration of Major League Baseball in 1947, then the Armed Forces, the integration of schools in 1954, and the desegregation of buses in 1955 were all precursors to the establishment of the Montgomery Improvement Association, whose president, Martin Luther King Jr., as well as many advocates, started boycotts, protests, and marches that eventually led to many positive changes in society. All of these changes caused Bob Dylan to write some of the most influential protest songs of a generation. Many of the figures he wrote about were victims of social injustice. Some examples of these historically-based songs with real folks at the center are Delia. Delia is a traditional song arranged by Dylan and is about a 14-year-old African-American murder victim. It's been identified as the likely inspiration for several well-known traditional American songs, usually known by the titles Delia and Delia's Gone. Dylan first played this in 1960, and then he recorded on his album World Gone Wrong, in 1993. Who Killed Davy Moore is a topical song written in 1963, though not released until the bootleg series in 1991. It was popular in his live performance repertoire during the early 60s. Davy Moore was a professional boxer. 
Following Moore's death after a match in Dodger Stadium, the morality of boxing was debated by politicians and religious leaders alike and by other singers such as Phil Oakes. However, Dylan's song delivered a more indirect message and a message that transcended the arena of boxing to include the enveloping society. In his typically ironic fashion, when Dylan introduced Who Killed Davy Moore during his October 31, 1964 show, he addressed the crowd. This is a song about a boxer. It's got nothing to do with boxing. It's just a song about a boxer, really. And uh, it's not even having to do with a boxer, really. It's got nothing to do with nothing. But I fit all these words together, that's all. It's taken directly from the newspapers. Nothing's been changed except the words. That's a real clarifying introduction. <laughs> I guess you got to let the song speak for itself, right? Yeah. One of Dylan's most effective and probing songs was Only a Pawn in Their Game. It was released on Dylan's The Times They Are a Changing album in 1964 and was about Medgar Evers, a prominent civil rights activist. In the early morning of June 12, 1963, Medgar Evers was shot in the back by a white supremacist and Klansman, Byron de la Beckwith. He was taken to the local hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, where he was initially refused entry because of his race. His family explained who he was, and he was admitted. He died in the hospital 50 minutes later. Evers was the first African-American to be admitted to an all-white hospital in Mississippi, an ironic final achievement for the dying activist. Merle Edwards never gave up the fight for a conviction of her husband's assassin, and Dela Beckwith was convicted of murder on February 5, 1994, after having lived as a free man for much of the three decades following the killing. Dylan takes an insightful and somewhat controversial stance, stating that Evers' killer doesn't bear sole blame for his crime, as he was only a pawn of rich white elites who incensed poor whites against blacks, so as to distract them from their position on the caboose of the train in order to create a more, quote, perfect white American society. Sadly, we can see the same forces at work in society today. Civil rights activist Bernice Johnson would later tell critic Robert Shelton that Pawn in Their Game was the very first song that showed that the poor white was as victimized by discrimination as the poor black. Dylan sang the song in the 1963 March on Washington, at which Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech. A bullet from the back of a bush took Medgar Evers' blood. A finger fired the trigger to his mane. A hand hit out in the dark A hand set the spark Two eyes took the aim Behind a man's brain But he can't be blamed He's only a pawn In their game A South politician Preaches to the poor white man You got more than the blacks Don't complain You're better than them You've been born with white skin They explain 
Some other examples of historical figures. The death of Emmett Till, 1962. Emmett Lewis Till was a 14-year-old African-American who was lynched in Mississippi in 1955 after a white woman, Carolyn Bryant, said she was offended by him and her family's grocery store. The brutality of his murder and the fact that his killers were acquitted drew attention to the long history of violent persecution of African Americans in the United States. Carolyn's husband, Roy Bryant, and another man were acquitted by an all-white jury of Till's kidnapping and murder. 
even though Carolyn eventually admitted that she fabricated the details of her exchange with Till and Roy Bryant admitted committing the crime, until his death at 63 years of age, Roy Bryant expressed no remorse for his crime and stated, Emmett Till is dead. I don't know why he just can't stay dead. Amazing. The song George Jackson was about an African-American left-wing activist, Marxist, author, and a member of the Black Panther Party and co-founder of the Black Gorilla family while incarcerated. Jackson achieved fame as one of the Soledad brothers and was later shot to death by prison guards in the San Quentin prison during an escape attempt. We also have Hurricane. We've talked about an earlier podcast about Reuben Hurricane Carter, a middleweight boxer who was wrongfully convicted of murder and later released following a petition of habeas corpus after spending almost 20 years in prison. Lenny Bruce was a Jewish-American stand-up comedian, social critic, and satirist. He was renowned for his open freestyle and critical form of comedy, which integrated satire, politics, religion, sex, and vulgarity. His trial for obscenity is seen as a landmark for freedom of speech in the United States. In 2017, Rolling Stone magazine ranked him third behind disciples Richard Pryor and George Carlin on its list of 50 best stand-up comics of all time. One of Dylan's quotes in the song is, Lenny Bruce was bad. He was the brother that you never had. So then Dylan uh, moved on to Criminals. He had the song Joey about Joey Gallo. It's from his uh, 1976 album Desire. Like several of the songs on Desire, it was a collaboration with Jacques Levy. In a 2009 interview with Bill Flanagan, Dylan claimed that Levy wrote all the words to this song. The song is about the life and death of mobster Joey Gallo, who was killed on his birthday at Umberto's Clam House in Little Italy in April 1972. The song treats Gallo sympathetically despite his alleged violent history. But the song gives him credit for distrusting guns, being reluctant to kill hostages, and shielding his family when he was being killed, and makes him appear to be an unwilling participant in the crimes of his henchmen, thus not deserving his fate. Critic Lester Banks harshly criticized Dylan, describing the song as, quote, repellent romanticist bullshit, end quote. However, Dylan claims that he always thought of Gallo as a kind of hero and an underdog fighting against the elements. Besides his status as an outsider, Dylan was likely also drawn to Gallo's best friends in prison being black men. The Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll from the Times They Are Changing. Although inaccurate in some of its details, the song gives a generally factual account of the killing of a 51-year-old African-American barmaid, Hattie Carroll, by the 24-year-old William Zanzinger, a young man from a wealthy white tobacco farming family in Charles County, Maryland, and of his subsequent sentence to six months in a county jail after being convicted of assault. It's worth pointing out that Hattie Carroll's race is not mentioned in the lyric, and that the song is at least as much about the violent, unrepentant abuse of power by the rich and privileged against the poor who serve. On the same night he struck Hattie Carroll, 
The court records reveal that the drunken Zanzinger struck his own wife and hurled racial epithets at many others, all of them women. But in the historical context of Dylan's song, when Carol was killed in 1963, Charles County was still strictly segregated in public facilities such as restaurants, churches, theaters, etc. Zanzinger was initially charged with murder. His five attorneys won a change of venue and a reduction of the charge to manslaughter. He appeared before a three-judge panel rather than a jury and was found guilty. For the assault on the hotel employees, a fine of $125. For the death of Hattie Carroll, six months in jail and a fine of $500. The judges considerately deferred the start of the jail sentence for several weeks to give Zanzinger time to harvest his tobacco crop. The sentence was handed down on August 28, 1963, the same day that Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his I Have a Dream speech in Washington. Bob Dylan, 22 at the time, was one of the celebrities at the march, and on the journey home to New York City, he read about the conviction of Zanzinger and decided to write a protest song about the case and began playing it live immediately. William Zanzinger killed poor Hattie Carroll With a cane that he twirled round his diamond ring finger At a Baltimore hotel, society gathering And the cops are called in And his weapon took from him They rode him in custody down to the station And booked William Zanzinger for first-degree murder Philosophize disgrace and criticize all fears. Take the rag away from your face. Now ain't the time for your tears. Williams and Zinger, who at 24 years owns a tobacco farm of 600 acres. With rich, wealthy parents who provide and protect him in high office relations in the politics of Maryland, reacted to his deed with a shrug of his shoulders and swear words and sneering. And his tongue, it was a snarling in a matter of minutes. On bail was out walking. But he Philosophize disgrace and criticize all fears. Take the rag away from your face. Now ain't the time for your tears. Hattie Carroll was a maid in the kitchen. She was 51 years old and gave birth to 10 children. Who carried the dishes and took out the garbage And never sat once at the head of the table And didn't even talk to the people at the table Who just cleaned up all the food from the table And emptied the ashtrays on a whole other level Got killed by a blow, lay slain by a cane sailed through the air and came down through the room doomed 
determined and determined to destroy all the gentle, but she never done nothing to Williams and Zinger. And you who philosophize disgrace and criticize all fears, take the rag away from your face. Now ain't the time for your tears. judge pounded his gavel to show that all's equal and that the courts are on the level that the strings in the books ain't pulled and persuaded and that even the nobles get properly handled once that the cops have chased after and caught him and that the ladder of law has no top and no bottom stared at the person who killed for no reason Who just happened to be feeling That way without warning And he spoke through his cloak Most deep and distinguished And handed out strongly For penalty and repentance Williams and Zinger With a six-month sentence But you who philosophize disgrace and criticize all fears Bury the rag deep in your face Now's the time for your tears This concludes our podcast on Dylan's references to historical figures in his work. Although the songs and events we've discussed here are often confronting to hear to many of us, Dylan is at his best when he's representing the underdog and directing his songwriting and performance skills to speak truth to power and to bear witness to the suffering of the poor, the maligned, the powerless. Next week, we'll discuss his protest songs, which transcend the times in which they are written. Some of these songs, as we've seen today, center around specific historical figures and many of which do not. My name's Andy Hill. I'm here with Renee Safier. We're the producers of Dylan Fest, which is held every May in the Los Angeles area. In addition to our love of Bob Dylan, we have 15 CDs, including nine CDs of our original songs, and we perform regularly in the Los Angeles area and around the world. You can buy our music and find out where we're playing at our website, which is www.andyandrenee.com. And we perform every Friday right down here at Portsacal Restaurant in San Pedro. <laughs>